Do you love TV? Do you watch TV every single day? Well, you're not special. A lot of Americans do. In fact, more than five and a half hours a day. Boy, do we love the boob tube, as we call it. But this is something special I want to talk to you about today. Do you think about TV so much that you dream about taking one character from, say, your favorite crime procedural and putting them together with your favorite sexy character from your daily soap opera? Well, today, we're going to explore that and probably a little bit more. I'm your host, Mitch Brinkman, and today we're making deep connections between beloved TV characters from across the broadcasting world. Whether you're here to create a new type of powder keg couple that needs their own Bravo reality show, or you're doing God's work by helping to fill in writing holes from lazy season six writers, today we will explore all types of love connections you might not have thought about. The dudes today, who are bringing their alarmingly large knowledge of the small screen, the first guy is famous for writing listicles BuzzFeed never asked for, such as, which entourage celebrity cameo are you? Which Vinnie Chase lady fling are you? Right? Top 40 hats worn by Johnny Drama during Entourage <laughs> seasons two through five. It's Brian Ernst. Yeah, that's me. <laughs> that's definitely me. <laughs> Got a whole folder of those bad boys. Keep sending them. They might send you cash. All right. Our next scion of TV character connection is really, really, really excited to share his Brit box on Amazon Logan, but only if you read his Tumblr dedicated to the shared themes he's found in Downton Abbey, uh, Coronation Street, and Britain's Got Talent. It's Nathan Hanenfant. Oi, oi. It, that was uh, lovely how you incorporated four different accents into one there. <laughs> in the, uh, British accent. I tried to go high, low, a little Australian by accident, and then Cockney. Um, and that might be low as well. Um, okay. We're going to move forward here, guys. Don't don't forget, pop on over to bizbear.biz. Send us your suggestions. Give us some clues. Give us some tips. Leave a voicemail. Whatever you want to do, we're here to serve our listener base. We are hungry and ready to do whatever you want. And for that snazzy new look on the site, we'd like to thank our new hunting sponsor, Smoky Hills Outdoor Store on Highway 71, just north of Park Rapids, Minnesota, right across from the newly closed Y Steakhouse. This week, only bring your Smoky Hills receipt of firearm purchase to neighboring 71 bottles of beer and liquor and tell them Smoky sent you for 30 percent off all Coors products. Smoky Hills Outdoor Store, lighting the fire of your gun outing since 2017. And of course, <laughs> stick around to the end of the show where I, your host, will give us the fast five. And today that is ways your parents distract from nudity on screen. Ooh, classic, right? Uh, but first, we must do a quick down, a quick down, a quick rundown. There it is. A quick rundown of the rules. Each player in the den has spent time with today's topic, arranging their top five answers in order of importance. Those answers have been submitted to the host who will moderate the game, awarding points to the player with the most poignant answer. Starting with their number five choice, we'll move up the ranks until we reach each of their top answers. But if both contestants happen to have the same answer on their list, well, we have an you will hear the official Uber Cinco siren, and both players must reveal their answer and what number they ranked their submission. An Uber stare down is all or nothing, with one player earning three points. After all answers have been read, the host will reveal the final score. 
Wow, those rules just keep staying great. I love them. All right. I'm the host, so I get to make a house rule today, guys. And that is, these duos you're putting together, they need to be a team, right? And a team needs a steed. So an extra bonus point to each contestant when they provide a quality vehicle or mode of transportation that each couple would use, okay? And really, really great ideas might get two bonus points. Sound good? Good. Okay, how do we choose our first player today? Um, (laughs) Brian, I'm going to choose you to go first because... You've sent me demonstrably less links to Pornhub videos starring animated TV's biggest names in steamy situations. Nathan, time to diversify the free time, my friend. Okay, Brian, please give us your number five TV crossover couple. All right. My first crossover Mm -hmm. couple. I'm taking a modern show and a show that would have came out probably when I was in grade school. But it took over the airwaves. With the concept of being a show that took place in real time, I am taking CTU's Jack Bauer from 24 and pairing him up with John Dutton from Yellowstone. Oh, yeah. (laughs) So much masculinity here. There's it is a testosterone (laughs) overload. All right. Now, one of the benefits here is uh, Mr. Dutton is on a premium uh, streaming service, so he gets to swear. Whereas Jack Bauer was on Fox. So the most he could ever say on TV was, God damn it. (laughs) (laughs) Damn it was his biggest word. And it ended up becoming a drinking game for viewers of 24 during that time. (laughs) And uh, Kiefer Sutherland became aware of this and would try and sneak in more dammits into the show just because he knew there was a drinking game. Which is, is there anything more key for than that, you guys? No. Nope. <laughs> so you have a, a, a badass key for going after terrorists. You have just another white guy trying to protect his land. But you put them together and they're kind of both doing the same thing. Jack Bauer yeah. on a bigger scale, Mr. Dutton uh, uh, on a little bit smaller scale. But we put these two together. I don't know how long this show would last. I mean, because they're going to have to be a duo. They're going to have to be put together for some reason. There's a terrorist. Mm Something is happening in Butte. And all of a sudden, Jack Bauer's got to be sent out there. And in 24 episodes, they got to make it from Butte to Billings. And they're going to do it together. And they're probably going to do it on a trusty steed by the name of Legums, which is the horse that Dutton provides to the both of them (laughs) that Jack Bauer will then add a cell phone holster to. So that is a... (laughs) From from Butte to Billings, that was a great Bob Hope Bing Crosby road movie from the forties. Remember that one? That oh, was great. It's actually what the name classic. of the show. From Butte to Billings. That's what we're gonna do. <laughs> you know, if if it's a twenty four style presentation, that's a lot of. I mean, Montana's large. That's that's mainly driving that show. Yeah. So it's gonna just be them like, hey, you know what I love. Peanut M and M's. Oh, what? No, peanut butter M and M's. That's where it's at. You'd shut up. Pass the coffee. Like you're like, wow, cool. Yeah, two old guys just trying to figure each other out. You it's know, an hour long drama. There's 42 mm-hmm. minutes approximately per episode. 23 of these minutes are always them in a car deciding who's going to speak first. And then after whoever <laughs> speaks first, it's a countdown to who draws a weapon first. <laughs> and they just really, they just never can solve the crime that they need to solve because they're always just trying to outman each other. And these are, these are both white guys who would gladly warm themselves in a cold car with the American flag, right? I mean, they, they are wrapped in, in the stars and stripes, right? They quickly get rid of legums 
to gone to move on to old Bessie, which is their F two fifty that has the Eagle and the flag. Uh, sure, that's sure, sure. The, also the ND filter on the, on the back window there. And they never put anything <laughs> in the pickup bed. There's no, you never have to put anything in that, oh. but you have it just in case you actually do, you actually do kill a terrorist and you got to move them from Butte to Billings. <laughs> What's it? I'm, I'm imagining, you know, like these guys are two peas in a pod. What's something you can imagine Jack Bauer doing for, for John Dutton just to really show him like, bud, I care about you. I love you. I feel like you would dress a wound perfectly for Dutton and that oh, would impress him. Yeah. Like, oh, oh my the- God, he gets hit by a stray bullet and then he like whips out his belt and like puts a perfect tourniquet on and, but at the same time, there was He's a scene like, does, this, does this hurt? And J- John's like, of course it doesn't hurt. No, I don't feel pain. He's like, good. I don't ever feel pain. And they're just crying as they're both <laughs> saying, I don't feel pain, you know, <laughs> yeah. as he's worried about him dying. Yeah. Or, or I could see, I could see him like get. Uh, there was some sort of, uh, you know, the the cow herd had caused the traffic jam, and and somehow Jack Bauer gets Dutton's uh, grandkid to school. <laughs> yeah. uh, like that, that. That's that could that's be a, a mid season climax arc right there. That's what's going to happen right in the middle. <laughs> yeah. Tate gets to school, um, but the other thing, there was an actual <laughs> torture scene from Twenty Four. I remember. I think it happens in the back of a limo. And he it's describes Jack Bauer describes to the villain how he is going to torture him by all he has is a wet rag. Yeah. And he's going to force him to swallow it. And he's starting to shove it down his throat. But he's holding on to the other end like a catheter almost. It's all the way in there. And he was like, I can stay in here as long as you want. But your stomach is going to start to digest this towel. And I'm when I, you're not answering my questions, I'm going to rip out your stomach lining. Oh my God! This is on Fox, a network television show. <laughs> That's Jesus, totally what happened? Uh, also, I, I didn't watch a lot of Twenty Four, but I do remember seeing like a maybe a super cut on YouTube of the amount of times Jack Bauer hung people with like chains and stuff. Did that happen often? Oh, of course, yeah. Okay, Yellow Yellowstone also couple hanging. So what's the over under? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so they're they're just hanging people with chains and what cow rope and whatever it is. Okay. Um, hang it. I mean, I mean that—that's your season one finale right there. Yeah, and someone Jack, gets hanged. Hold on, I haven't got there yet. <laughs> <laughs> and and Jack really doesn't have a home, right? So he's still on episode. So seven. he's living no, on no, the no, ranch. Season one right? finale of Butte to Billings is someone gets hanged. Mm, okay, okay. Yeah, oh, there's okay. no spoilers here. No spoilers. Um, these these are two very gruff characters. Obviously, uh, it, this the show is going to be sponsored by uh, Halls or Ricola. Uh, definitely Marlboro also, you know, um, but Irish, Irish spring is going to be there. Yeah. And then whatever supplement like Alex Jones and Joe Rogan, like Hawk, like that'll be a huge, <laughs> huge uh, supplement. It, 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 it's that one um, testosterone replacement pill that Frank Thomas hawks. I think that one definitely will be a big sponsor for this, for this it's show. The red and blue pills you <laughs> see on your way to check out at seven 11. Those are the ones. <laughs> Promise to get you hard from Butte to Billings. <laughs> it's it, it's the sad old guy's version of being in the Matrix. Hmm, which which boner do I want tonight? You know, <laughs> um, Brian, I, I like this pairing a lot. Both tough guys. Uh, one guy's in a hat. One guy's not in a hat. I like that. Uh, yes, you know, that's difference how you tell too. Apart. Exactly. <laughs> that's how you tell <laughs> apart. Uh, um, and uh, both both 
we, we know for uh, both characters and also Sutherland in real life, uh, chemical dependency issues, which will always make for good television. So it's true. Um, if not sad television. So uh, excellent job, Nathan. I want to hear your number five, pal. Measure up to these two titans uh, okay. of, of um, cowboying and terrorist killing. Well, I, I thought a fun thing thinking about this was uh, taking one character and putting them in the other one's world and sure. vice versa. But this one, these two actually exist in the same universe. They both exist in London in the early 2010s. Oh. Uh, that's Sherlock as played by Benedict mm. Cumberbatch. And then Alice Morgan as played by Ruth Wilson in Luther. Wow. Now, Luther was a bit grittier of a series, but it, they took place in the most both in London in that uh, early 2010 era, you know, Royal wedding Olympics, all kinds of fun stuff going on. I was living (laughs) there, Uh, (laughs) you know, and (laughs) Cristiano Ronaldo leaving. Oh no, that was in London. That was Manchester. Sorry. Yeah. He left. Yep. Um, (laughs) But the, the Alice Morgan character from Luther, she's the Luther, the detective played by Idris Elba. He's a hard nosed detective who has, a drinking problem and problems with his ex and Alamo, just like such oh, a, so a detective. We got it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. To, yeah. TV. Did. But, but, but he's played by Idris Elba. So there's the twist. <laughs> so it's and good. That's what gets you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So it's, it's good. Luther's it a great show, but Alice Morgan is his, uh, off and on again, nemesis. She it's, she kills her parents the first time you see her and, uh, Idris Elba and crew cannot quite solve the crime. They can't pin it it on her and she just sort of gleefully dances about like flaunting the fact that they know she did it, but she knows Mm -hmm. they can't prove it. And then she pops in and out of the series uh, as time goes on. Um, But Elba and uh, Alice Morgan sort of form a bond. Um, They sort of become connected, even though she's a psychopath and he's supposed to be the cop who does all of the things and breaks the rules. But what if, what if she had instead been pursued by none other than Benedict Cumberbatch's Sherlock Holmes, an equally handsome and dapper and cunning and resourceful man, but also someone who wasn't quite as dumb as the Luther character. (laughs) Uh, someone, Someone who actually could outsmart her and probably in the end catch her. Um, I think that that story would have worked well. They they, they play with that in, in Sherlock uh, a little bit where he has. Um, God, I can't believe I'm forgetting the uh, the woman's name. I think the big problem you're having so far, though, is this is kind of going to be like a sitcom we all made together. The old switcheroo This is going to be canceled before a live audience <laughs> because Sherlock's just going to solve the crime that she killed the parents before the end of the pilot, and it's over. <laughs> He's going to lock her up. Well, well, he'd be he'd be he'd be called in after uh, Idris Elba couldn't sure, do sure, it. Sure, sure. Um, and then he had a he had Irene Adler, Sherlock Holmes' nemesis. Irene mm. Adler was a woman who was a criminal, but not a serial killer. Mm-hmm. But it was so they sort of had this this kind of cutesy like, oh, she's a criminal, but also they think the other one is hot. Mm. So they don't actually, you know, he actually ends up saving her from uh, being executed by terrorists in one episode. I, I think. Yeah, that was a little, but that was a little far, one, but okay. Yeah. But, but in this case, he would, he would be even more of a love connection with Alice Morgan. Cause they're both sociopaths. They're both insane. They're both smarter than everybody in the room. But at the end of the day, Sherlock would have locked her up. Mm. He would have mm-hmm. sent her packing. 
Um, I won't reveal what happens to Alice Morgan in the Luther episode. No, no spoilers or anything. What's well, a 10-year-old show? I think you could say better. if you wanted to. <laughs> yeah. 10 years, well, the, we're good. The most, the most recent episode was oh, okay. That's true. Okay. That's true. So I'm going okay. to let it breathe. But uh, yeah, I, th- I think Sherlock would have uh, would have won the Battle of Wits uh, and unwittingly had, had sent her down. And it would have been a much more spicy, entertaining, sexy, romantic, and ultimately fulfilling uh, okay. story arc so that's why it's my so like are, are you saying that they would just be good crime equals or would they actually get to some of that hot and heavy you know um oh they, they would they okay do it. in my, okay. In my <laughs> world they do it how many yeah. times uh it, it loft space just one just one just the night but the night before he the night before he sets her up to be taken away to uh to is this Yard. like a classic like ooh i'm gonna handcuff you to the bedpost and we're gonna have some naughty fun oh, and this then is he's... sherlock losing his virginity oh <laughs> okay <laughs> and he kind of like after it's over he's like okay that's sex i know now mm-hmm. all right time to go to scotland yard <laughs> interesting interesting okay i i haven't seen luther in a while but i do remember the the actress though that plays um uh was it ruth wilson is the actress right Correct. Yeah. yeah she has ruth that wilson, lip yes. and i don't know if it's natural or if it's like a, a result of uh, uh, some surgery, but it has a kind of overhang where it's like a little bit of a duck lip at all the time, and it's just, awesome. it, but but it doesn't look like bad. It looks, it just looks like curious, and I'm like, ooh, I'm into it. So I'm, <laughs> I'm hoping that Sherlock would also feel the same way. Um, although he'd probably be like, oh, that's a sign of a of a degenerative disease. So she, at <laughs> 75, she's gonna, you know, get gray hairs on her left rump or something like that. So Martin know. Freeman comes in. Would you just be turned on by curious? Like, <laughs> God damn it. I, well, we could we could go the Ruth Wilson Ruth Wilson route also with uh, her character from The Affair yeah. when she dated the guy who played yeah. Jimmy Dominic McNulty. Monaghan. And no, like, not Dominic Monaghan. Dom- Dominic Dom- West. Thank you, Dominic West. I was like, I was like, man, if this was if this was not the the English professor Dominic West is playing, but if this was Jimmy McNulty, this show would oh, be yeah. over in one episode. McNulty would have got to the bottom of this and figured out what to do. He would have made the right call. Like. Granted, he's a womanizer, but he wouldn't have been, and we would have we wouldn't have had to go through painful two series yeah. two, three, and four. Uh, season one, season was one, great, though. incredible, anyways. incredible. Um, okay, guys, I'm gonna score this yeah. one out. Uh, n- nice start here. I can sense the, the momentum rising like a beautiful, um, sexy wave. So let's keep that going, <laughs> uh, Brian. I'm, I'm giving you three points only because I've been watching Yellowstone. Uh, day and night recently so this is a um a, a recency I'm bias for sure uh, nathan i still haven't seen one full episode of sherlock um i apologize i know that's my bad but also um i can only give you two points for that because as host i just don't know as much about sherlock i apologize for that uh but sorry <laughs> right. we'll we'll watch we'll watch the first six sometime and then we won't pre- we'll pretend that okay. the rest of them don't I- have- I, I look forward to uh, Cucumber Lady Snatch, you know, really blowing my b- b- blowing my skates off in terms of acting ability. So, um, number four, <laughs> back to Brian. Give it to us, uh, buddy. Uh, my number four, mm-hmm. I was trying to think of one that was very outside the box. And okay. I wanted to take two personalities that are very, very opposite and try and put them together in a romantic relationship. Okay. So what I did is I, I dipped a toe in the world of animation. And I dipped in the toe of live action spinoff. And I put together Randy Marsh Ooh. with Roz from Frasier. <laughs> now. <laughs> I, 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 I have to take my hat off to you. This is. I was. Tr- 
I wanted to, <laughs> I was thinking in the Charlie Kelly realm first. I'm like, who, yeah. who would pair well with Charlie Kelly? I'm like, no, no, no. I need someone dumber. Mm-hmm. Randy Marsh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I landed on Randy. I feel like Roz is one of the most uh, sophisticated women ever portrayed on television. She has to deal with just the narcissism uh, of Frazier day in and day out. She has to keep that show running and she has to, he's such a pain in the ass and she has a hard time dating because she is so smarter than everybody else that she's ever met. It's a problem, but somehow in a, in a, in a drunk night at a bar, she gave up after a bad taping of the Frazier Crane show. <laughs> she goes out to the bar. Randy's on vacation in Seattle and all of a sudden, that sparks fly. This is after Randy gets divorced from his wife, and mm-hmm. he was just like this before he starts Integrity Farms. This is a perfect moment in his life <laughs> to meet a sophisticated woman. And Randy and Roz, just listen to that roll off the tongue. Randy and Roz, Randy and Roz. hit it off. And oh my God, what a pairing. And <laughs> her trying to get him to be the man she met the night she met him always. Mm-hmm. Like what happened? Like when he drank, he became like, like smooth talking, super cool. He played the guitar. He got on stage. He danced with her. He was super smooth, <laughs> but then he's just sober and he's a fucking idiot. <laughs> and she's constantly trying to get him back to that. And of course they have to move to South Park because that's where his kid is. Mm, sure, so sure, she sure. has to up and leave Seattle, go to South Park. And now she's a smart, sophisticated city woman in small town South Park. Oh, Roz would have been such a great character. Yes. <laughs> like the one she really she's kind of like the have. mayor. She's like the voice of reason. <laughs> like I could actually do uh-huh. it. Yeah. But without like the political scandals, like she would yeah. actually just be our jason bateman our straight person inside south park calling out all the stupidity around her (laughs) but then again when she drinks or gets into something a little bit more salacious because now she is living in a small town and has to deal with stan and his friends Mm -hmm. and randy jerking off to the cooking cooking channel overnight (laughs) or playing a guitar hero for too long She's gonna have to come down and lay down the hammer on Randy Marsh. I I have a feeling Randy would get really into trying to become a fishmonger at the Pike Place Market too. When he get there, he'd like find out about it and be like, "Oh, this is so cool!" And then just get behind the counter and just be like, "Hey, I I, I got the overalls on. Like, let's you know, I'm in this. Let's go throw hey, throw me hey, some fish. Hey, Ro- hey, Ro- hey, Roz, come well, on. I, I wanna." <laughs> I, I want to flip this the other way and put Randy into an episode oh. of Frasier and what like the initial introduction of what um, Frasier and Niles would just be so appalled by him. But then uh, uh, John Mahoney gets character along with him, walks in and takes a seat on his own and he sees Randy. And he's like, <laughs> finally, finally, my kindred spirit is I, here. I, I think you would quickly become uh, like the sidekick to uh, was it Mad Dog is, is the other DJ. Yeah, <laughs> Mad Dog. Yeah, who? Yeah. who? Who? Roz hated. He'd be like, "Hey, Randy, c- come over here and eat this whole jar oh, of Dog. peanut butter in your underwear." He'd be like, "Okay, yeah, all right." That's that's how they would break up. The whole episode would be Roz trying not to let Randy meet <laughs> Mad Dog because then then it all comes then her dream down. collapses. Yes, that's oh, amazing. Roz really was the unsung hero yeah. of that yes. show. That's yeah. Like people, people will say like you know people of uh, differing ethnic backgrounds than ours, as we are very white dudes. Uh, if we're like, oh, Frasier, they they might be, yeah, Frasier is definitely a show that white people watch. And I will say, 
okay, that's a fair point, but let me get you a Roz episode. And there is Roz. Roz is, she's something yeah. for everybody. It's, it's, that's the worst part. It may be the whitest show ever put to tape, but it's, but it's a very ever. good show. <laughs> it's good, but it's just no <laughs> yeah. diversity whatsoever. I don't, there's none. Again, it's yeah. Seattle and that's still, but like you could have found somebody. Yeah. <laughs> there's more than just white people in Seattle. Well, you but know, yeah, it is a rough, rough, uh, Rough white show. We'll call it. <laughs> what is uh, would this be a long a long relationship? Do you think, Brian? I feel like it is a Danny Sandy summer fling. Okay, we're thinking about like a grease summer fling. I'm thinking here. Okay, but it's like a a, a long mid season arc. Sure, sure keeps us interested for a while, but then eventually they both have to go back home to where they belong. Yeah. I understand that. I understand that. But what a ride. What a ride. Right? Randy and Ross. What a freaking ride. Randy and Ross rolls off the tongue. Um, very nice. Okay, Nathan, uh, try and – I mean, you might be able to beat Randy and Ross, but who knows? What's your number four? I'll try. Uh, I've got uh, Brienne of Tarth, oh, yes? played by Gwendolyn, Gwendolyn Christie from mm-hmm. Game of Thrones, uh, a large yep. person alongside okay. another large person, oh. Shaq. <laughs> As played by Shaquille O'Neal from sure, sure, the sure, NBA yeah. on TNT. <laughs> so I'm not going Shaq, the basketball player. I'm going with Shaquille O'Neal, mm-hmm. the studio analyst who's joking around with yep. Kenny and Kobe and Ernie <laughs> and just generally being a giant goofball yep. past his physical prime. Really has no idea what he's talking about anymore, but he's just such a lovable, big, cuddly, enormous 900-pound yep. man. And then Brienne of Tarth who's all business all the time. She gets things done. And uh, I mean, there was the, the big tease was the romance between Brienne of Tarth. And I think it was, was it Tormund, mm-hmm. the, the giant red haired dude. No. Nope. Well, it didn't take off. And I'll tell you why, because Brienne had her heart set on <laughs> Shaq, the diesel. That's who she was waiting for. The bear and the maiden fair. It is Brienne and Shaq. No, I want to see, I want to see this go both ways. I want to see Shaq out of shape, Go back into Game of Thrones and like there's a comedic scene where like he they can't find a horse big enough to carry him <laughs> because he's you know, he just can't. And then they realize, oh wait a minute, well, we'll just take our smallest horse and Shaq will carry that, and that's how we'll get to the next thing. And Brienne will make fun of him for that, and then the, the sparks will start to fly. But I also I want to see Brienne of Tarth on inside the NBA sitting in between uh Kenny and, and Shaq and just one liner after one liner cutting down all of Shaq's quote unquote, and I'm making uh-huh. the, the motion here with mm-hmm. my fingers, quote unquote mm-hmm. analysis. <laughs> Look, I love Shaq. We all love Shaq. He doesn't bring a lot of intellectual points to the discussion nope. of the game of basketball. He was one of the best players of all time because he was <laughs> yep. one of the biggest players of all time. But the dude is hilarious. And just to watch him make faux pas after faux pas and just like trying to impress this woman next to him and have her just sitting there like slyly cutting him down time after time after time. Um, I think it would be so endearing. I think they add a lot to each other's universe in both shows. Uh, and also they're both just, they're, they're, they're big, they're big people. So it makes, we, we were like, this is the, the base form of uh, fan and uh, sure. like shipping, 
you know, putting two characters in relationships. Like, oh, well, that, that <laughs> person's tall. And that person's tall. Hey, there we go. Ah, they should I, get together. I think my favorite part so, of this is Brianna Tarth goes out in full knight's attire and hits more free throws than Shaq. <laughs> <laughs> she, she's never seen a basketball before. She's just, she, yet she could she's still like, shoot she's over. She's like, I've tossed heads into a basket before. This isn't tough. Yeah, after, after destroying a village. Yeah. <laughs> uh, a, a, a quick question. So Shaq is going to pull a lot of spotlight, right? From um, who's who's her squire's name? Is it Padwin or Pod? What's his name? You know the Padre. Padre. Uh, there, Huge win. There's a new dong in town, and that's Shaq. So yeah. now, and also, I feel like she had a thing for for Podrick, like possibly, right? Like there was, like it was just she was too young and stupid. Possibly. So I think that as long as she's the one, she feels like the most capable and smart in the couple. I think this would work with Shaq because he's older uh, than than Podrick was, and also, you know, he, he brings more heat. To the situation, uh, that's a double entendre. Um, but uh, oh, yeah, even I get that right. One. Um, so, uh, <laughs> and, uh, and do you think Shaq would be too goofy for for uh, for Brienne at any point? Do you think Do you think she would be the one to break it off if it ever broke off? I think. I, I, oh, 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 absolutely. I, but I, I think I think he's just too irresistible, though. But the problem is, Shaq would get yeah. killed in battle. Oh, yeah. If if you wrote Shaq as a person into a series with combat, that is not a character that survives. That is a character. It's a horror who, movie. He's the first to die. Yeah, he does something <laughs> out of sweetness. Yeah, he, he he like he like tries to do something a little too sweet or cute that ends up being his downfall. Or he, you know, I I mean, I hated Shaq so much as a basketball player, so I can't believe I'm going to say this, but like he would actually do the the brave thing and sacrifice himself. I think in a battle situation. Definitely not in a basketball situation because if that was the case, he would have laid off the ding dongs and shot sure. a few more free throws in practice. But that's but we're not yeah. talking about Shaq the basketball player. We're talking about the analyst and the uh, now yeah. forced. To I, be I'm also warrior. thinking here if so. you have a dead Shaq up on the on the castle walk or whatever, you just roll him off the edge when you have people trying to scale your walls. He's taken out ten to twelve guys easy. Just his body alone falling. <laughs> Even in death, he's useful. Yeah. That's 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 why the magic took him with the number one overall pick in 1992. Even if he's dead, we can roll him over a few people. And I hate to give any credit to my opponent here. Then don't. A lot of people. Sorry. A lot of people cry when they watch like military people coming back home and surprising their kids at school videos. Mm-hmm. I cry at Shaq buying kids things at Walmart and shoe stores. Oh, that's sure, what, sure. that's what gets me. I'm just like, great. dude, you're the best dude ever. And I, I want you to, I want you to keep. Yes. Shaq is keep America's it, teddy bear. We're, yeah. we're, he really we're is. proud of you. I mean, my, my, maybe like my top in my top five, least NBA players, least favorite NBA players of all time. But Shaq, he's Shaq. Come on, yeah. I like Shaq. You like Shaq? I didn't like watching him play basketball, yeah. but you gotta. He love does. Shaq. He does also. And any product that he pitches nowadays, he used it at some point, and so he doesn't just pitch a product he's never used. I learned that. That's about true. Him. Yeah, there was there was a, a, a there was a toilet paper factory in Western Illinois, and they had made some off license, off brand <laughs> Shaq toilet paper at one point in the '90s when Shaq was still playing for the Magic. And so you had pictures of Shaq, like somebody had like clandestinely got a, a, 
a few roles and it would be it was like just pictures of Shaq it was like <laughs> the jokes weren't even jokes it was just like wipe out Shaq or <laughs> put Shaq behind you like and I was I remember even then thinking I'm like I'm like there's there has to be better jokes you can make about having a basketball player you one. root against clean up clean your the ass. matter. Like, Sounds like clean yeah. the glass, you know, boom, there it is. <laughs> and that's where Nathan applied to work at the toilet paper factory it's, as a joke writer, starting his writing career and everything's history. I really, I really should have. I, I it's that story. I, I know this story goes nowhere, but I literally remember, I remember looking at this because I'm, I, I was like, mm-hmm. I'm 10. Mm-hmm. I hate Shaq. And here's supposed to be a joke about how Shaq is only good for wiping your ass. And I looked at it, I'm like, <laughs> This isn't funny. Like, do you know how badly I wanted to laugh? How badly I wanted this to be funny as a 10-year-old after the Magic had just beat mm-hmm. the Bulls in the playoffs in 95? I wanted to shit all over yeah. Shaq, but it wasn't funny. So, Shaq, if you're listening, and I know that you are, I never once used that uh, toilet paper that uh, so brazenly disregarded your image rights. Mm-hmm. They didn't make any money off of me. So I've, I've welcome, Shaq. I've got a, an, another another phrase for the toilet paper. He's great at the paint, but he can't shit his free throws. You know, boom, there it is. I got uh, amazing. Um, okay, guys, that, that was a great round. Uh, great you know the what? paint just behind your taint. There, boom, better. there it is. Uh, Nathan, I thought you did beat Brian's there, so I'm going to give you three points and Brian two. Um, guys, don't forget, bonus hey. points are still out there. Don't forget about that as well. So we're going to go back to Brian for his number three. Uh, Brian, uh, my dude, hit us with that. Uh, my number three pairing here is going to be two guys I'd like to see as roommates. This Ooh. is the coupling pairing I'd like to see here. Okay. And that is, of course, me taking Bill Hader's Barry mm. and Matt LeBanc's Joey Tribbiani from Friends. Oh. Now, they both have the same life goal. They both want to be actors with very, very different backgrounds. <laughs> That's true. That's very true. So what I like is you have Barry who is this uh, former assassin, current Mm -hmm. assassin. I was going to (laughs) say. And living with Joey, the ultimate idiot that's actually getting work. Mm -hmm. He has a job on a soap opera. He's making money as an actor. Barry is clearly the better actor. He has a bunch of life trauma that he can bring to the surface when he needs to. He can deliver a monologue. He can be dramatic. He can be funny even. But Joey, not only raking in the women, he's raking in the dollars because he's got a steady job on a soap opera. Mm -hmm. And everyone complains about soap operas from like being bad television or whatever. But a gig as an actor, it's the greatest nine to five you can have. It's easy lines. You know, it's going to be steady. Even if you are being laid up in a hospital bed for months on end, you know, you're going to bed to going to work to lay down for eight hours. (laughs) <laughs> that's all you gotta do you're still and you're still getting paid if like, that's true is, you're yeah. probably there for, you're probably there for two I, hours i've been i've been on some of these soap opera sets when i i took an nbc tour in I, 2004 and we went yeah. through um days of our lives set and my that's the show that my mom has like had on over lunch break all through my childhood and so, like, I I was at least familiar enough with the layout. And it's like, there's a whole town, I don't know, Salem or some some mm-hmm. shitty northeastern town, whatever. But the whole the whole set was like, I don't know, 
<laughs> about as big as my one bedroom apartment and it showed like 57 wow. different locations within it it's like you just they they poop you in there and then they they get you a few th- like man th- they must record those things if an episode is 40 minutes of tape time they probably record it <laughs> in 10 minutes of tape time it's a miracle of science that stuff is you are in you are no. out and you're not on every episode i mean that's why that's why these people get those jobs and they're on there for sixty years. Yeah. It's written the night before. Cash cow. Don't don't laugh at don't laugh at anybody who is an actor on a soap. Those people are better business people. Walk in, get you over the shoulders, get out, and go get a nice steak dinner at the local steakhouse. Mm-hmm. That's how you soap opera, my friends. Now, I think there'd be a day where Barry would have to go to set with Joey and actually see how it's worked. Mm-hmm. But then he actually sees like somebody he was supposed to hit. Working like as a gaffer, mm, sure, sure, sure. And then this throws us into a total tailspin where it's just like he's got to be friendly with Joey and friendly with this guy. This guy doesn't know that he was a target, but he's friends with Joey. And now Barry has an existential crisis. He doesn't know does he take out the guy he's been hired to hit and kill Joey's best friend? But Joey's now his best friend. What does he do? Cue laugh track. And then Barry doesn't know what the fuck that is. There's a laugh track in his life now. What the hell? <laughs> now that's the worst. So in, in this thing, it sounds like you're saying that they will live in New York together and not L.A. Yeah, I think Barry's got to go to New York because okay. scary enough, it's it's there's so much money in soaps that his rent actually goes down because Joey's willing to cover three quarters of it. That, <laughs> so, that's a very good point. Who and who's going to have a more of an impact on the other in terms of uh, t- uh, like developing as an actor, do you think? I think. You want Barry to have an effect on Joey, but Joey will have more of an effect on Barry in the end. Sure. Now, I, I think Barry's um, kind of girlfriend, I can't remember her name now. In the, I can't remember anyone anyone else's name except for Barry from that show right well, now. Well, the show is coming but, into its, what, third season now? It hasn't been on the air for three years. Wow. Really? Okay. Well, yeah, it's well, been that long of a break, so I do not blame you well, for, for yeah, that. Yeah, there you go. So, But his, his, his lady interest in there, she's sort of like – you might say like basic, just kind of like living moment to moment, um, kind of, you know, like the, the small things that, that Barry could care less about gets her very excited, which kind of yep. reminds me of Joey. Like Joey's just like pure, like just enjoyment moment to moment. Let's do it. Like, let's just eat a bunch of food. I think he would, because Barry wouldn't have to be as perhaps invested in him. Although if they are a couple, I don't know. Uh, like, I, I think he would help. Barry just loosen up a little bit, you know. Um, She's also enjoy a life. stereotypical like L.A. leech. Yeah. So if like he, if Barry ever brought her out and she saw that Joey was having success, she'd immediately dump Barry and go for Joey to try and get a get a role on the show. That's a good point. That's a good point. Like yeah. She would leave him in a second. Interesting. But we're also missing the best part here. What's that? This means Henry Winkler gets to be on Friends. You, like, you think he was never I- on Friends? Oh man, can we can we write an episode where Henry Winkler is on Friends, and then uh, what was Chandler? it, Monica and, yep. uh, and Elliot Gould and Chandler's yep. dad, Elliot Gould is on Friends, and we can have we can have Henry Winkler and <laughs> Elliot Gould, the two <laughs> coolest men in the history of entertainment, and we make it a bottle episode where together. it's just Elliot uh, Gould and Henry Winkler waiting for everyone to come to dinner, so we don't have to deal with any of the other bullshit on the cast. It's just an <laughs> Elliot Gould Henry Winkler Friends episode. Yeah. And 
And it, and it ends, it ends when everybody finally shows up and they've made friends and they want to sit next to each other. But Henry Winkler is sitting at the other table and he has to ask Elliot Gould, please, please pass the salt. <laughs> Do you guys get that reference? I don't know. That was a pretty, that was that a pretty far over reach. My over my head, yeah. Is that a MASH reference? Oh, okay. Well, I have to explain. Oh. No, it's, it's a Mary Tyler Moore show reference. So when Happy Days was at its peak, and Mary Tyler Moore was at its peak. Henry Winkler did a guest spot on the Mary oh. Tyler Moore show at a dinner party. But it's like every t- every time he's supposed to introduce himself, somebody like cuts him off or whatever. <laughs> and so he never gets to say anything. And then every the, the, the table's too crowded, so he has to sit at a table by himself off to the side. And then right before a commercial break, as he's over there by himself, the whole bunch, you know, a bunch of action happens, action happens at the table, blah, blah, blah. The line that ends the scene comes, boom, time for commercial break. And then Henry Winkler stands up and just goes, can you pass the salt? And is then that boom, a TV crossover <laughs> reference in our TV crossover episode? That Well done. That, well done. That is not a vehicle or a mode of transportation, is. but I'm giving Nathan a bonus point for that one. Very, very right. impressive. Well earned. TV muscles you are, you are flexing you. today. I Thank love you. that. Um, Brian, I, I, I'm, I'm okay. Barry, we, we see his house. It's very sparse. Joey and Chandler, they have, you know, they, they got fun stuff in their apartment. What's what's like a what's a, a, a duo activity thing you might see in their apartment in New York? Can can you paint something like, like that for me? Uh, is it something on the wall? Is it a game? Is it a is it a uh, I don't know, um, a, a piece of art? What, what, what is it? It is a target on the wall that they shoot airsoft guns at, and Joey can never beat Barry. <laughs> Love it. Oh, and he's like, Barry, <laughs> why do you shoot like you're a trained killer and a, and a Marine? He's like, I don't know. I'm just learn it for a role. Um, love it. Nathan, uh, time, time for you to, uh, to shoot us <laughs> your number three. <laughs> oh, my God. My number three. Okay. Uh, so my number three oh. starts off with Dwight Schrute. Oh, classic, the classic. The one character that everyone listening to the show will absolutely <laughs> know too much about, I think. Yeah. yeah. I went with Dwight Schrute, and then uh, you're going to have to forgive me because I can't pronounce her last name, but okay. uh, Carol, uh, played by Melissa McBride from The Walking Dead. Mm. Uh, Carol, is it Peltier, maybe? Is that how you pronounce it? Pellet- Pelletier, yeah. Pelletier, yeah. okay. Yeah, so... I think th- this is more of a this is more of a thing that happens in the Walking Dead universe. Is I'm throwing Dwight <laughs> Schrute into the Walking Dead universe, okay. which would be an absolute dream come true yeah. for this guy. Yep. Like if he found out this was happening, he would just he would cream his jeans in, in no time. <laughs> mm-hmm. And you know he would, he's a he'd head out to the beet farm and he would uh, have he would already be prepared. He would have tool sheds full of supplies and guns and and uh, rations and and what have you mm-hmm. he'd have his little knives to whittle things mm-hmm. uh that could be he would he would whittle a, a sweet potato into a knife <laughs> that could cut other sweet potatoes <laughs> doesn't make a lot of sense logically but he could do it but but carol and i i have to admit i haven't watched like i've watched the walking dead people who like the watching time. dead stopped uh, watching the walking dead. carol is being yeah <laughs> but I, I remember carol being She's she's just yep. about the right age for Dwight. Uh, you know she's she's middle aged, and she's uh, seems like she's thrown like as all of them are. But she more than anyone else in the early seasons, they highlight that she's sort of 
out of her element, but she has nobody to lean on. But she starts to show this resilience Mm -hmm. and she starts adapting. And, you know, she really, they highlight how she is able to just figure out how to make the best of a bad situation. She is a survivor, both emotionally and in terms of what she's given tangibly in front of her. Mm -hmm. And I think Dwight Schrute would see that and Dwight Schrute would be like, this is the one. And luckily for Dwight, most other eligible bachelors are being eaten alive by zombies. True. So I think Carol might actually give him a chance. I think we go to late season Dwight in the uh, in the office. Dwight does at the at the very end. One of the things like uh, we could you know we could talk about the arc of the office on another episode, but the late season Dwight where he really starts to come into his own, and particularly in the yeah. final episode where it's his wedding, they really start to highlight the things that that Dwight actually makes Dwight a, a good guy. Like he he there are things about Dwight where he has good intentions and he's reliable. Um, and there, there's a, there's a scene, I think it's Jim and Pam's wedding where he goes and he, there's some like rot in the, the house they're moving into. And he just goes ahead. Pam's he, pregnancy. He yes. He himself. goes and tears up the kitchen. <laughs> and, yeah. yeah. And then, and then, uh, and then one of Pam's bridesmaids actually just like, who, who's super, Her sister, super yeah. Abigail's like falls for him. Abigail. Sorry. Yeah. She's and my favorite. She's like all of a sudden, she's all of a sudden like, "Whoa, this Dwight guy!" I was like, "I was like, you know, if you, if you look at Dwight Schrute from a certain lens, this guy is a he's a man's man. He takes care of himself. He takes care of the people he loves. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's a complete and utter goofball. But in the the world of The Walking Dead, you got no time for the goofballness. You're only gonna have time to get shit done, take care of things, take care of the people you love, and then try to not die." And say what you will about Dwight Schrute is a social being, but for those few uh, boxes, he ticks them all. Yeah. And so I think uh, I think Dwight and Carol really could have made something happen. Now, okay, he, he, here's a tough question: the person he loves the most, out of you know Angela, all the time, forever, likes to be taken care of. She likes that that Dwight will take care of her. Are you saying that Dwight's taste of like wanting to be the protector and the provider will change in the zombie apocalypse? Because as of right now, if this woman doesn't uh, – uh, what's her name? Carol doesn't like being taken care of or people doing things for her, I don't know if they'd be a perfect match. Well, I that's, that is the thing that's different is because anybody who needs to be taken care of in The Walking Dead <laughs> yeah. is gone pretty quick. Mm-hmm. But – but but Carol has a, a lot of emotional baggage, and uh, Dwight doesn't have a lot of family he would have lost. And I, I think there's enough in the in the in the years you, we see of Dwight where he does like specifically for Pam, mm-hmm. he'll do just enough nice things for Pam throughout the years that you see he actually does have a softer side. And uh, you know Carol's Carol loses a lot of people. Carol goes through a lot of emotional trauma. Mm-hmm. I think he will see that he'll want to take care of that, but he'll also be impressed uh, by what an absolute badass she becomes of her own volition. Mm-hmm. So I think it works. I, I, I do. I am reminded of the scene when Dwight's sitting on the bench with uh, Pam. And <laughs> yes, I know what you're talking <laughs> he's about. He's like, oh, you must be penis. You're pretty bad, huh? <laughs> when he... When he, it looks like he's going to put his coat on, yeah. on her, but then he wraps it around. <laughs> yeah, his yeah, waist. he does around his waist. Yeah. yeah, perfect. It's great. Um, okay, that, that those are our number threes. These are both excellent. Um, oh, Brian, 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 Brian. Brian. Um, oh, I want to give you. Oh, I want to give you three here. Um, 
actually, no, I, I will give you three because you referenced Airsoft, which was my favorite <laughs> in high school. Uh, absolutely loved Airsoft. Played in the basement all the time with my brother. And I'm going to... I'm going to toss three over to Nathan as well because after searching uh, about uh, Mrs. Uh, Pel- Pelletier, I'm, I think I'm going to watch some more of Walking Dead because I only got to season two and supposedly it got better I think better season three is the prison um, one. I think that's my favorite one. Oh, really? Okay. Well, okay. Well, you guys both got three on this one. Um, I'm, I'm playing it pretty, pretty, uh, pretty high points this game. So, uh, but number two is, number two is coming. Brian, uh, it's your turn. Give it to right. us. My Dose. number two, as Nathan breaks and falls out of his chair, is going to be <laughs> something very simple because I don't think we need to go into too much detail because it's going to be an odd couple scenario. And this is my couple to okay. rebuild the odd couple show. It's going to be Leslie Nope okay. from Parks and Recreation with Carla Tortelli from Cheers. Okay. Now, oh, oh, so, I love that. Oh, I, re- oh, I love that. Okay, to keep going. Together, Sorry. I think this has to be in Pawnee, not in Boston. I think we got to take Carla out of Boston and put her in central Indiana. And you, but you can't take the Boston out of Carly. Correct. So Carla is going to be there. Exactly. Carla is going to get a job. We'll say at Tom's Bistro. She'll be the, not a sommelier, but she'll work the bar there. So that's kind of her into it all. Mm -hmm. But then she has to live with Leslie for whatever reason. Ben's not in the picture for, for these episodes for whatever reason, but they got to live together. And this odd couple arc that we're going to have, I think is just going to be Carla's going to walk in and see a, a, a freaking bookshelf of binders and lose her mind. And then Leslie's going to see oh, yeah. like a, a dirty apron and a pair of panties on the floor and be like, what is going on here? And then you're going to have to have Rashida Jones come in and be the mediator for a lot of this stuff. But Carla is going to get along so well with Andy Dwyer. She, he, oh, he'll yeah. do anything for oh, her, yeah. just the way like he kind of does anything for Ron. Like Carla can get Andy wrapped around her thumb. No problem. They're drinking buddies. They get along. It can even um, um, make. Oh, my God. What's his wife's name on the show andy andy swanson april oh, he can make april. April, april jealous because of this relationship he's having with carla it's completely platonic mm-hmm. but they just get each other because mm-hmm. that's who they are mm-hmm. but then carla could just carla could be a good match to ron too when things are going down so this is why i think this is a good yeah. match we have going on here in a in a separate universe, I'd love to see Carla also as a as a uh, waitress at JJ's diner. So that's like you that's know she's slinging too. she's slinging waffles to Leslie and is kind of a jerk to her. And Leslie's like, "What the what the heck?" You know? No, no, no. Uh, that, that's the part where she's good to Leslie. No matter how bad it yeah. is at home, she sneaks her waffles. Exactly. That, yeah. That's what extra whipped cream. Yes. Uh, some chocolate chips sprinkled on top. Absolutely. Uh, I love this because they both they're both yellers. They both get in people's faces, but both have ob- obviously completely opposite energies. Exactly. Um, big fan of this. And where where Leslie is blonde and straightened hair, Carla is curly as all get out and and dark haired. Uh, and Carla, of course, has God knows how many children behind in Boston. Uh, <laughs> but. <laughs> And Leslie, you know, is 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 yet to create her 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 perfect brood. Um, and we're gonna I get a Danny DeVito guest star episode. Oh yeah, of course. Oh, Danny DeVito would have been. Oh God, just like a like a disgusting developer from Eagleton. You know, just 
<laughs> just like he like, like he, he he's not spilling hot dogs and hamburgers on his shirt. It's like, oh, sorry, I spilled caviar and then smoked salmon. Excuse he, me. You know, he's, he's, he's rich. More as hell. hog Frank Reynolds from Eagleton. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, that's perfect. That's perfect. Um that's that'll be tough to beat uh any and how how will how will um how will leslie and uh and carla get to work are, are, are they gonna carpool they do right they have to i think they're gonna have to and that's gonna be in leslie's steed which is going to be an original model honda prius oh yeah that they call old faithful and uh carla's just not she's gonna that's the one where it's like the back wheel is half covered for absolutely sure. oh, yeah. no reason. Yeah. And she's just going to hate that little car. And it's just like, I think as time goes on, we just shrink the car. So by the time <laughs> it goes from that to a smart car and we just don't address it. Mm-hmm. So it's like mm-hmm. Carla was actually right. It is as small as a smart car and has been this whole time. But <laughs> Leslie thinks it's a, it's a, it's a Prius wagon. It's great. It's got all this room. But no, 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 no. no it and, and, and Carla clearly won't trust it because it's quiet. It doesn't say anything. It's Correct. Just, How can you trust yeah. it? Yeah, exactly. Um, that's a great number two. Uh, Nathan, as you can tell, I was excited by that one. Can you excite me again? I will get me back up to full steam. I, I, I will try. I have uh, okay. I have number two with okay. uh, maybe my favorite TV character ever, Lisa Simpson, as played by Yardley Smith wow. on The Simpsons with Sam Weir, played by John Francis, from Freaks and Geeks. I got two mm. geeks here. Two, two wow. weeks. Wait, 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 wait. Hold on, hold on, hold on. One second, one second. Two weeks ago, we were chatting late on Gchat, and you said, I, I I can probably pull it up. You said Young Sheldon is my favorite TV character ever. So are you telling the truth? That is not a thing that happened. <laughs> that is not a thing that happened. The internet is written in ink. Nathan likes Young Sheldon. <laughs> but I, I, I do love Lisa Simpson. She is my favorite character on my favorite TV show of all time. And then Sam Weir wow. is, uh, I mean, Freaks and Geeks was only on for, I think, 15 episodes. But what a yep, beautiful, heartfelt 15 episodes it was. And Sam Weir yes, was, was. The, the real, the pulse of the show. He was the geek that was, or he was classified into the geek crowd, but he was the younger brother yep. of Linda Cardellini. And well, we did like Linda Cardellini in 2000, didn't we? We did. Yeah. And uh, she was a freak. Yeah, she was she was quote unquote in the freaks. But so there was he was sort of the the, the crossover, the the person who could sort of float between the two groups. Um, it's a brilliant yeah. show that really does examine the uh, the clicks of high school uh, politics, or that's not the right word, but social groups very well. Yeah, but Sam yeah. Sam yeah. Weir is the one who he he kind of went in and out of both, but he really has a conscience. He really has a soul. He tries to do do right by people in both groups despite despite what it will mean for his social standing uh in anybody's eyes so he really is the heart Mm -hmm. and soul of the show and then lisa has that to do on a much bigger scale almost a global scale because the simpsons is a cartoon and so it's so otherworldly that lisa is within the family lisa's the smartest simpson by far she's also the sweetest simpson she has the most compassion, the most empathy, but then she also yeah. finds herself in strange situations where like she's uh, they have a Kent Brockman like news night, like a, a news panel show, bump, 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 the real serious, like late 90s 
like here's an expert from MIT and here's a lobbyist in Washington, blah, blah, blah and here's Lisa. And, <laughs> like, and they presented it as she's there every night and she's a second grader. Mm-hmm. And so she, so these are two, two young kids who really carry the weight of the world on their shoulders and don't get a lot of uh, recognition from the, the older people in their life, whether it's older kids or their parents or anybody for how much they're actually doing. Uh, but also just, they're very sweet. They're very funny. Um, and I, I think, I think these two would have really, really found solace in each other. They could have related to each other. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if this would be a thing that works out long run, but I think, I think this is more one of those beautiful in the moment teenage romances where it's like, they're just the perfect thing at the right time for each other. Like I get you, I see you now in 20 years, they may be very different people. Well, Lisa won't because she's a cartoon. So she stays the same forever. But in Sam's yep. case, being like a live action person, you know, you change from age 15 to 35 and on and on and on. But he goes on to be a, a detective on Bones. Yeah, yeah. totally. So yeah. <laughs> and, and, and we don't want Lisa dating any detective on Bones. No, but, no, but no, I, th- no. I think in those moments, I think these two really needed each other on on their respective shows. If they could have crossed over into each other's worlds, I think they would have found a kindred spirit. I think they would have found somebody who could really relate exactly to the sort of isolation they were going through based on their personality types, based on their intelligence, their sensitivity. I think it would have been a a very beautiful story arc on either show. I I, I would love to hear about what, um, how much better Sam Weir is than Millhouse. Just, just like in the most, in the most (laughs) crucial areas, how is he better than Millhouse? Well, I think sight, obviously sight. Number one, that's obvious. Yeah. Yeah. He has better, he has better vision. Mm -hmm. Um, he, he, the thing about Sam Weir is he actually makes decisions that are decisions that he made, whereas Milhouse has the least backbone of any character in the history of time. <laughs> Milhouse yep. is just pathetic. Like that's that's why they named him Milhouse. It was <laughs> it was to highlight the worst things about Richard Milhouse Nixon. Um, yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong, Milhouse, great character, love guy. But did we ever want Milhouse <laughs> to end up with Lisa? No, absolutely not. No. No, but Sam your Weir, favorite Millhouse weak line he's ever said. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> in the vault, I got mine. I got mine cocked and ready. Um, well, it's it's not exactly a line, but it's when he gets the Bone Storm video game, <laughs> and you write in a name. So when you get a high score, your name will come up, and he gets the high score, and he's like, "That's right." And now the High score is held by, but it only has so many characters because he wanted to do Millhouse into Thrill House. But he's like, and so now the the uh, high score is held by Thrill Ho. <laughs> <laughs> I think mine is the Lord of the Flies episode where they throw his inhaler and he yells, "I need that to live." <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I mean, there, there is, of course, the great classic uh, line from Millhouse. I don't know, Bart. My dad's a pretty big wheel down at the Cracker Factory. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. The um, Millhouses. Nathan, how, how, are, uh, how are Sam Weir and Lisa getting home from school uh, to go have a snack and do uh, geometry homework together? I, 
I mean, I hope, I hope that uh, Linda Cardellini is giving them a ride home. I hope that she's not smoking weed All with that. Seth Rogen and James Franco. Uh, <laughs> and uh, what's the what was the other dude? You know, uh, real successful oh, um, guy. Jason Segel. Yeah, yeah, Jason Segel. Yeah, Jason Segel. Yeah, those three. I hope she's not smoking yeah. weed with those guys uh, under <laughs> the bleachers. But I think she would take yeah. them home. I think, I think, because her character was great on that show too, Freaks and Geeks. I love Freaks and Geeks. It was an amazing program. But yeah. yeah, I feel like it was like uh, if if she had found that uh, Sam was dating Lisa or was wanted to hang out with Lisa. I mean, you know, dating would be a little preemptive because they're so young. But it's like, oh, Sam so, wants so to hang out just with fucking, Lisa. Yeah. I'm, I'm literally yeah. going to miss out with smoking weed with three of the most legendary potheads of the 21st century. I'll literally drive mm-hmm. them over to the uh, to the Dairy Queen and then take them home so they can do their homework together. And then I'll go mm-hmm. get high. I think she would do that. Yeah. I I also would think Lisa and um and uh what's what's Linda's character's name in that in that in show? It's um it's uh Stacy? No, that's not it. I think the, I think Lisa Simpson and her though would would get along famously. I think Lisa would be inspired by um uh, the uh, the older sister, Sam's older sister, to uh, to, to really like maybe let loose here and there, and like you know flesh out her personality a bit. You know, maybe not play so much music. Maybe maybe listen to a little more music. Maybe do a little art. You know, who knows? Lindsay Weir. Lindsay. Lindsay. There we go. Lindsay. Thank you very much, Brian, for uh, accessing the the recesses of your TV brain. Again, alarmingly impressive how much these two dudes know about the small screen I mentioned up top. Okay, that, that I, I will give you. Uh, I'll, I'll give you an extra bonus point, Nathan, if you can tell me the color the color of the car that Lindsay Weir drove during Freaks and Geeks. Oh, I want to say it was sort of a uh, a midnight blue. Is that right? Brian, is that right? Because now I thought it was an olive green. Uh, shoot. No, no, it is green. It's a green car. So one bonus point to, to Nathan there for uh, delivering us the beautiful steed driven by Lindsay Weir. And guys, now now here we are, our number ones. And I'll tell you now, both of you got three points under number twos. Wonderful job yes. there. Uh, keep bringing that fucking heat, guys. All right, number <laughs> one. Let's go. Brian, tell us. All right, my number one, I am taking the legendary JLD as Veep Selena Meyer Ooh. and pairing her with Ooh. It's Always Sunny's Dennis Reynolds. That's what I have here. Oh, my God. Boys, it all comes down to this, the Uber stare down to end all Uber stare downs. You're 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 tied up. Whoever wins the stare down is taking the crown home today. Okay, Nathan, <sighs> who's your pair? At the well, top? it's oddly similar. It except, is. Except mine is frighteningly not as offensive and disturbingly Ooh. off base as Brian's. Oh, because <laughs> I have I also have Dennis Reynolds as played by Glenn Howerton. Okay. And then I also have him paired up with somebody played by Julia Louis-Dreyfus. Oh. But I have him played with Dennis Reynolds' absolute soulmate, Elaine Bennis from Seinfeld. Oh, okay. 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 All right. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. But before each of you dive into your couples, I want to hear just quick, like 15 seconds or less. Brian, you go first. Then Nathan, you go second. Why Dennis Reynolds is one of your favorite television characters. Okay. 
Now, now what, what, what I'm looking for in this answer is I want some specificity. Give me a moment when you were a, a Sonny fan and, and you realized, hot damn, I want to watch a show as long as it is on. You know what I'm saying? So, Brian, if, if you want to just walk us down that trail a little bit, please. Uh, why Dennis Reynolds? Dennis Reynolds can go from zero to a million in a half a second. Mm-hmm. And and it is the most evil that you could possibly think. I have never seen so much rage boiled in a character mm-hmm. than I have with Dennis Reynolds. And I think the line that sticks with me the most is uh, when D is in the hospital and he is trying to find out where she is. Mm-hmm. And he was like, you will put my sister in a better room or my rage will echo through the corridors with the gust of a thousand winds. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate Brian's highlighting the rage. That is a key part of the Dennis Reynolds. Yeah. It's the flippancy is like with the episode where they are holding a funeral for a dead baby that may or not actually exist. And Frank Frank says, oh, this is dark. And Dennis just says, yep, darkest thing we've ever done. And then just gets everything moving (laughs) on. (laughs) That is a guy who doesn't care about anything. But he recognizes it. Doesn't matter. He recognizes it. Yeah. Yeah. He may be the most self-aware, evil, rage-filled person. I will definitely agree with him on that. Yeah. Uh, Wonderful. Okay. I, I just want to get that out there because because that, that is the, the that is the shared character here, um, and and actually I'm I'm going to flip it around a little bit. Brian, you you've had to go first each round. Nathan, I'm going to throw it to you here. Nathan, you tell us why Elaine Bennis and Dennis Reynolds would be a perfect couple. I mean, I can't believe I even have to explain it, but I suppose it is my job. So here yes, we go. It is your job. Um, I mean, these two were just made for each other. They are <laughs> the most narcissistic just completely self-obsessed do anything to get to the top but also they also have this odd predilection with social graces they get offended at the slightest like the slightest <laughs> little uh, lapse in manners from anybody else is going to send them off the rails but they would just as soon as uh you know run you over uh, with their car <laughs> to get to a movie on time because there was an available parking place there. And I, this is, I was thinking about this, as I said, in, in terms of flipping the characters from which to which I'm like, put a lane in. It's always sunny. Mm, love and it. She is just dragged down to the depths instantly. I mean, these two are inseparable and I mean, they'll be in jail within five seasons because they will. Elaine is smart. Elaine is like the smartest character on Seinfeld and Dennis has some yeah. some business acumen for some schemes and whatnot. But if you put Elaine in the orbit of those It's Always Sunny people and they finally some have somebody with some real confidence or competence, including with like Frank's money management, but Elaine's mm-hmm. charm and deviousness alongside Dennis and they, they have mutual interests. I mean, all of a sudden that show becomes The Wire within one season. <laughs> it is, it is going to be trouble. But then if you go the other way, Dennis goes to New York and starts dating Elaine. Dennis is going to kind of have to clean himself up a little bit and he's going to have to be a little more presentable. But this is even more terrifying. This is the Seinfeld universe already includes George Steinbrenner. 
Yeah. That is that George ends up working for the Yankees. George Steinbrenner is an active character. The, the Seinfeld crew has access to the upper echelons of New York society in the nineties. Elaine meets Dennis Reynolds. They start dating. They're both young. They're both hot. They're both mm -hmm. connected. They mm -hmm. both don't care about anybody but themselves and mm -hmm. they can sweet talk their way into anything. It is not long before these two have cabinet positions in the Trump administration <laughs> in 2016. <laughs> I mean, and I know, I know, Brian, you you went the route with with uh, with uh, Julia playing the the Veep, but I mean, a lot I'll less steps, a lot less steps for for <laughs> yeah. Dennis there, in my story. Yeah. Yeah. It, it it is very likely she ends up the Veep in in in, in my story too. I mean, they they just <laughs> it's true, yeah. If if you put Dennis Reynolds in the Seinfeld universe and had to clean it up a little bit more for network television in the '90s, but his his character still works in that show. But they could have done so many darker things, and it also makes you kind of question like how dark could those Seinfeld stories actually have gone? Yeah, which is basically what the entire existence of It's Always Sunny has been answering. That's the question. Exactly. Been the show. <laughs> yeah, that's very true. So, so I think like I think like these two these two meeting at some point is just something cosmically we all have been anticipating and have to deal with at some point. It's not it's not a battle of, of television or a battle of Uber Cinco. This is a battle for our souls, gentlemen. Yeah, oh, it is yeah. a battle for our souls. Oh. I can I can imagine the episode when George is is touting the human fund and he his back is against the wall and he knows he's about to get caught and, and the boss comes in and he's like George I don't know what this human fund is that's when Dennis Reynolds come in he's like well hello I'm Brian Lefebvre of the human fund <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. saves George and he's a total fucking creep and all of a sudden the human fund is throwing is throwing black tie galas and Steinbrenner's going to that and you're like where's all this money coming from and he's like oh don't add don't question Brian Lefebvre Brian Lefebvre can right. get the money thank you very much you know I would oh mm, I, I, mm, I delicious. think Dennis Reynolds is the only character who could have enhanced the Seinfeld crew and taken them to another level of depravity <laughs> seamlessly where, yeah. where it wouldn't have felt unnatural. Yeah. It wouldn't yeah. have felt like it was forced. Like it wasn't scrappy do it wasn't, you know? Yeah. Uh, but I don't think Dennis and Kramer would have gotten along. Dennis and Kramer, I feel like, uh, would be the antithesis. Well, yeah. Dennis and Kramer would have been fantastic. Although Cray would have ended up with Kramer being dead somehow. Yes. Like, he would course. have been, but, but Dennis works, Dennis works with Elaine. First and foremost, as mm -hmm. Mitch just said, he works with George, but he mm -hmm. works with Kramer. He works with Jerry. He works with Newman. Like Dennis would just drag everybody down a little bit more, but he also would have carried them to a little bit of higher heights. Yeah. The, there's Dennis one... Reynolds is the greatest Seinfeld character that was not in the show Seinfeld. Wow. <laughs> there it is. There it is. Okay. That's that. That is, that is, that's a big, it's a big talkie. You just did that. That's a big point you're trying to make. Brian. Can you outdo him? Give us your shit. Let's go. In this day and age, where is the only place a golden god can rise to? Oh, I love it. It's the White House. Oh, I love it. Oh, I do love it. And now imagine you have It's Always Sunny crew. I mean, they, they, they've already stolen the Liberty Bell. Yep. They've already done this. They're already a part of American history. Now imagine that there is a campaign visit in Philadelphia where they have to stop off and Selena Myers has to use the bathroom at a bar just because she has to. Mm -hmm. And boom, the second Dennis locks eyes with Selena Meyer, he goes in the office and he comes out in a suit. 
And basically he just fits in with secret service, but he's already sitting at the bar with a martini. He pans one to her and they walk out together. And as they're talking, they're having this amazing fuck fest in the limbo. Mm. Like mm-hmm. uh, sweaty Dennis looking up, mm-hmm. going to it. This is what's happening. This <gasps> is night right there. He's yeah. yeah Dennis climaxing. is the only one that can make her feel the way Dave Pasquese made her feel. Mm-hmm. Andrew. Mm-hmm. Andrew could, put, could take Selena off her pedestal and make it. Now, imagine these two riding their trusty steed after the election. Mm-hmm. They're in Air Force One, but Dennis calls it the implication. <laughs> and these two take this plane everywhere that they need to. Now, you've had great televised first ladies over the years. Yeah. I would say, what, regardless of what she did, Nancy Reagan is a stereotypical first lady mm-hmm. for that. Mm-hmm. Now, imagine Dennis Reynolds in that position. Mm-hmm. Of being the first gentleman to Selena Meyer, schmoozing at parties, wheeling and dealing in the background, now taking Dennis Reynolds type schemes mm-hmm. to the international level. Yep. You could have Dennis Reynolds truly affecting international politics yeah. and would have no problem making the call in the situation room on Selena's behalf. Frank already has ties to Southeast Asia. I mean, boom, locked up Correct. right there. Yeah. <laughs> I can see that he, he comes he, down. He went, like, he went right, there on vacation. Yes. Beautiful country. Dennis comes down like Selena's tired. She's like, what's going on? Whatever. We got a drone up in the air. Yeah. Take the shot. I'm going to bed. All right. I can't do this anymore. <laughs> and he goes up, says, hey, I told him to take the shot. You cool with that? Yeah. Yeah. It's fine. Where are we having dinner? Like that's <laughs> the kind of relationship that they have. It doesn't really matter. The dark stuff mm-hmm. is just under the table. But just imagine the sexual chemistry between Dennis Reynolds. He doesn't have the first woman he's ever met. He doesn't have the Dennis system. Yeah, he doesn't. She just gets it. He tries to do it. And she's like, I know what you're doing. Yeah. Let's just skip. Let's just skip to. Well, I think that's a home run. We don't need to round the bases. Let's go. She'd probably say something like, do not try and fuck me with your diseased Philly ass beef dick, you motherfucker. Like, just like I, I'm I'm on your oh level. Oh, my God. The amount of oh. swearing gymnastics that these oh. two would go through. And he would just look at her and you just shut your dirty mouth. Also, and he goes to I would live to see the moment when Dan is is getting real mouthy and trying to tell Selena what to do. And then Dennis just steps in front of him. He's like, you know what? Your hair is small, you know, and just <laughs> boom, lays the fucking hammer down, you know? So it's not even dirty. He just cuts to the core yeah. of what makes the man insecure, <laughs> just straightens his tie, turns around and he's eating peanuts on the couch. Mm-hmm. And then imagine Dennis Reynolds just getting along with Gary. Like he knows Gary's always going to look out for her, but he knows it's never going to happen. Mm-hmm. So Gary gets to do all the girlfriend stuff that Dennis has no interest in doing with Selena. Gary gets the thing. Blah, blah, Gary blah, is like Mac, things. but Gary's not uh, in love and trying to have sex with Dennis all the time. Exactly. <laughs> That's amazing. Oh my God, you guys, this is really tough. Um, fuck. Oh, this is so hard. Okay, I know. Oh my god. Oh god. Can I just call it a draw? Are you guys cool with that? No. Okay. No. Right. Absolutely okay. not. Um, we both gave you powerhouse JLD. I know. I know. And two know. of the best characters ever put to screen. Okay. You, you gotta I, I, give I will. I will say this: that uh, uh, Dennis and Elaine were driving to the Hamptons to show George's parents 
the house with the second solarium in Kramer's car that had the license plate that said ass man. I'll say that. <laughs> oh, that is true. <laughs> but Dennis has air force one. Mm. So trip to the Hamptons, a lot oh, shorter. Than fuck, taking the fuck, 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 fuck. Um, is there any, any other, any other last Hail Marys? Cause you guys seriously, this is the, this is absolutely the hardest decision I've ever, ever had to make for Uber Cinco. I promise you that. Any other last Nathan last till Mary's less than 10 seconds. Give it to me. Go. (laughs) (laughs) Brian, Brian, any last till Mary's less than 10 seconds. Give it to me. Go. Selena Meyer gets down on her knee in front of Dennis and she opens up a little canister that has a key in it. It's the key to Marine one that she has renamed the golden rod. Oh. Boom! He now has the key to Marine. Oh, I hate to say it, but Brian, that 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 gave you one little inch forward, and I, I'm I'm going to give it to Brian. I'm so sorry, Nathan. I hate I hate that to do this, but Brian is the winner of the stare down, and thus he is the winner yeah, of Uber Cinco today. Top five TV crossover couples. Uh, you won by three points with a total score of 17 17 to 14 congrats brian uh feel good about that victory today that was well earned guys that was that was an incredible battle i i could not feel more blessed to be here today uh to 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 do that with you honestly (laughs) fantastic okay guys it's time for the fast five here we go top five ways your parents distract from the nudity on screen number five the cupped hand Oh no, skin! Oh gosh! Blurts out mom as she covers your eyes with all f- four by eight inches of her sweet hand. I have a question, mom. Why are you covering your eyes? Huh? Perv? Number four. <laughs> <laughs> the Who Wants Popcorn? Still bloated and reeling from speed slamming slice after slice of her weekly family za only minutes ago, dad couldn't be more sure that it's time to pop enough corn to keep you pooping weird for a week. Who wants butter? Sorry, dad. I only heard butt. Number three, the T-Rex. This is the choice of a true parental mental terrorist. Hey, parents, you move? more skin flashes even a flinch here comes the dicks you treat the nudity like the big boy in jurassic park don't move a goddamn muscle the lust will be over soon and you'll wonder why your kids will be nervous lovers later in life number two <laughs> nervous lovers. the moral authority normally led by mom but dad is happy to step in and assist when need be but mom and dad know best hollywood sleazy trash in trash out this is what movies have always been they say sure the storyline is about oppressive english society where everything is locked down and that when people finally get the chance to get down they don't let it go to waste right or yeah sure the whole movie has been exploring the newly rediscovered sexuality of a widower but god no we don't need to see this lonely person climb to the top of fuck mountain we can find climax through a nice handhold who rented this movie again parents and number one the inaccurate fast forward dad's almost dozing off but he's got the remote. The screen has just filled with lost butts, and here comes the boobs. But Dad's eyes are resting. Chuck! Chuck! Mom screams, fast forward! God damn it! Dad comes too. His sausage fingers finds the double FF. No, not that one, you skeeve. He ends up going two, 20 minutes forward in the action and now has to rewind. His sausage fingers strike again, and the rewind speed is too fast. We glimpse Nip. Nice! He's got a forward again. <laughs> 
a minute later. Wait, who's this character? Shut up and enjoy the movie! And that's this week's edition of Uber Cinco. Please rate and review our show on Apple Podcasts. And once again, we love that hearty wom word of mouth. So please tell your friends about us. Send them your favorite episode. Share your best moments. We would much, much appreciate it. Thank you to the man who can't wait to watch Brienne of Tarth climb Shaq himself. Nathan Hennenfent. And my big wet boy, Brian, the guy who can't get enough of that deep-throated chat from John and Jack. <laughs> Brian <laughs> And I've been Mitch Brinkman. And as Biz Bear always says, when buying cocaine, you should check the stuff like you're enjoying a fine meal. Use your eyes, use your nose, and then your mouth. Auf Wiedersehen and adios. You've just listened to Uber Cinco, a production of UBK Studios. Subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your fine podcasts from. If you like what you hear and want to support the show, please visit our Patreon site at patreon.com slash UBK Studios. Every little bit helps us keep the lights on and the bill collectors at bay. Keep tabs on us on all the social media at UBK Studios, and most importantly, subscribe to our YouTube channel so you can see that we really are just a bunch of good Midwestern boys. Yeah.